The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here. I'm the DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how you doing this week, man? (laughs) Oh, words can't describe it. It's excitement galore. Uh, and that's just for the uh, the Phillies-Astros World Series, I assume, right? Oh, when does that start? I, I don't know. I think it's over, isn't it? Yeah, I watched a little of the game yesterday. Uh, I could care. It, it's teams I don't care about. I love baseball, but, you know, yeah. if the Mets or Yankees are in, I'm, I'm watching every inning of the games that I can, you know? Now yeah. it's just like, oh, I happen to be home. And thankfully, the TV is always stuck on Fox 5. So, <laughs> you know, whether it's the uh, Wendy Williams show or Sherry Shepard now, you know, I, I don't I don't stray from Channel 5. So I watch the news and I watch the Moore show back to the news. So unless I'm watching one of my 17 streaming services, um, uh, you know, watching Fox 5. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure that includes the Masked Singer, right? That's your uh, go-to? No, when it comes to night, I'm usually watching the streaming stuff. So it's like that early morning, you wake up, you just leave the news on. Yeah. Because, you know, unless I'm unless I'm highly invested in a, a, a TV show that yeah. not watching with the wife because we watch so much of this stuff together. Right. So there's certain things she'll watch, certain things I'll watch. Like I'll highly recommend Pop Star, the Andy Samberg movie on HBO Max. I thought it was hilarious. But you got to be an Andy Samberg guy. Yes. It's kind of like, you know, it's like like Sandler. You know, some people yeah. can't stand it. You know, and most stuff I find with him extremely amusing. Yeah. Um, I think that for well, me. Thumbs up for the Pop Star with Andy Samberg. Yeah, never stop, never stop stopping, which is one of the best <laughs> titles, and it was a great film. And he won me over with uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I thought that series was just the perfect vehicle to where you stop thinking. Yeah, about I, I watched every episode of that one too. Yeah, he's always been a Stanberg fan. Yeah, it's it's a different concept for him, and you know you could you could see his valuable, uh, you know, commodity in his product now. Um, and look, he's making Corona commercials with Snoop Dogg. Like, how, how much better? You mean he's the star of that show? Snoop yeah. Dogg's the Snoop Dogg's the co-star. <laughs> uh, you know, we're talking about being a famous person, or or being exposed, or you know, having a brand. And um, Halloween just took place on Saturday. Yeah, obviously, I'm a brand. You are a brand, so. Did you have any idea that Spider would pull out his Joe DeFalco costume? What what was going on in your mind when you saw this go on, man? 
Well, the thing is, I saw him in the office, and it's like, okay, he's putting this ball cap on and the beard. Oh, I'm being used. So I'm like, oh, okay, great. So I'm not paying attention to it, you know. And then he comes out, and it's like now he's doing the whole shtick. You know, he, you know, he could have added the belly for authenticity, but, you know, what, what got me was the salmon shirt, you know, pulling out yeah. that salmon shirt. You know, you, you're going full, you're going full board. You know, it takes a little work to find a salmon shirt. Absolutely, man. It, <laughs> uh, and once again, once again, I'm giving out the rub. And and now spy, spiders become relevant thanks to being me for Halloween. And you got to watch out now because this is a perfect example of other companies now bringing in the, uh, the faux pas Joe DeFalco. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta watch out. Spider might be making a uh, a small fortune uh, working the indies. Right, as me. <laughs> Everyone can bring you in as the commissioner or as a broad. He can, you know, he, he can literally can, call you know, actors as you. If he wore that gimmick years ago in his match with Damian Drake, they may not have actually cheered the guy who who who, who turned on Spider. His career may have went in a whole different direction. You know, we had them wrestle, and Damian Drake did a dastardly thing, and everybody cheered Damian Drake. But if Spider was dressed like me, forget about it. He might have been the guy to go on to be leader of the unguided. <laughs> oh, man. I know that he worked uh, – he, he had this in mind for a couple months, so – uh, it just it came off really good. It was great. Uh, to he even see, got a Joe chant, you know. Yeah, to see the reaction from the fans. I mean, um, now with that idea, with the reaction of the fans, with what you saw, I know you're always busy during shows because you're, you know, producing the show. But is there any consideration? Have you gotten any bit of an itch to be like? Yeah, maybe I want to get a little more involved in stories. No, none whatsoever. It's like if it, if it makes sense, you know, if if we put the the Bodiqua Posse together with uh, the Puerto Ricanos, you know, that was that was the talk in the past with Limelight and Jay Vidal and and the Samoan Rican uh, Toa Leona. You know, I I, I would have led that faction. I'd, I'd like to see that. That actually, that would be a, a bitch in faction too. Um, the the gimmick battle royal, um, obviously, it was uh, you know a highlight that fans love. Um, fans also love dressing up, coming to the show as well. For you, when you see these costumes, did anything stick out to you in terms of either the fans or the wrestlers that you thought? Uh, were a pretty good um, versions of either your favorite wrestler or or a costume that you saw this weekend. Well, you know, you, you had to be impressed with the uh, the Furman Cruz past, present, and future uh, Remy Marcells, you know, which I guess really would be the past and the present because we don't know what the future lies. But right. there was the different variations of him that, yeah. uh, you know, uh, and Heather looked just like him with the with the big pro and the, and the, and the purple suit and stuff. So, 
Yeah, and that's the thing. It was like a few years ago. I thought, you know, the gimmick battle royal had run its course. We probably didn't have as many students. So we probably did like six or seven in it. And I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, this is this is it. It's kind of done with. And then all of a sudden it was like the fans were like, oh, gimmick battle royal this year, right? And it's like, you know, I, yeah, sure. You know, because in reality it's a way that, the students who never get on shows yet can actually get their feet wet, you know? And as Chris Bay said, that, that was, that was his debut was in the gimmick battle Royal. And Damian Drake was a Jeff Hardy when he first did it. And, and even funny bone was in it as like CM Punk when he'd been established. So we always had a good core guys that would do it. And like Robbie and Mondo always enjoy doing it. And, so it's like, how do you not do something that's over with the fans? You know, yeah. it, it's an easy match, as I always jokingly say. And it, it isn't false that the intros last longer than the match. Like, yeah. that's one thing where if you take 45 seconds from, we had 13 guys. So that, you know, that was 10 minutes. Yeah. And, and you know, the match lasts five or six. So... But it's it's a good segment. We only did seven matches, so the, the show right. flowed. But we also had some, you know, good serious matches mixed yeah. in. Uh, you know, we did the match that kind of led into the casket thing with, with Santana doing his performance, and he came out. And, and, again, you can't do Santana Jackson every single show doing his dancing to the ring and doing his routine. So being that he hadn't been on our show in a long time, there was newer fans who never got to witness it. And it's that's the sports entertainment part. You know, our fans are very WWE ish, you know, to where they like the storylines and the characters mixed in with good wrestling. You know, the week before we did a traditional, you know, super show with Mecca. So to do the same exact show with far lesser talent. How exciting is that? So now we got the Halloween thing and, you know, it's polar opposite. The regular fans, you know, the hardcore ones, they they look forward to that show. Like they know when we do a new Year's show, I know they're going to be there because that's where they want to spend new year's with the fam. And that's why we came up with the fam shirts because a lot of those people, you know, look at the Furman crew, you know, none of them other than Bradley and George knew each other before coming to FSW. Right. And now they hang out and we should get residuals from that. The bingo trivia with all those people go to, you know, everything's put through the fan page because all these people have become fans and friends of each other and they hang out together, you know, similar with the kids class, you know, it, where these people have made lifelong friends because it's hard to find fans of wrestling when you're 13 years old and 15 years old and 10 years old. And they, they bond together. And, you know, we've seen it when our kids class kids have gone on to wrestle on the regular shows. All of a sudden you see some of the kids you hadn't seen in five years because they don't wrestle anymore, but they still come because they're, they're, they're friends and they hang out with, with, with those people. So, you know, as a community service, we've done some uh, great things by starting FSW. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, speaking of, you know, good matches and uh, kids who came from the uh, kids class, uh, you had a headlining match with uh, Bodie uh, going over there and beating uh, Action Braxton. Um, let me ask you, when you look at just the, you know, the match itself and the reception of, of Bodie in general, um, how do you how do you try to balance it out for him uh, so that he realizes that he's got that special talent, but you can't just you know glide on that. You have to continue to grow and to build and to not just stay in this moment, but go to the you know to the next level over the next couple of years. Y well, you know, really, have you ever had someone that young, you know, in a position where they are now? Well, no, because he's 15 years old and he, he headlined a high octane, basically show. Yeah. And he's put in the work. He, he, you know, he's weight training, he's growing. And, you know, I know Sin Bodhi talks to him, but, you know, and, and sees a bright future as does all the other trainers. But, you know, even I had to sit down with them, you know, this past week. And it's like, you know, don't overexpose yourself. You know, you're you're a special commodity. You know, if you are who you were today and you were 24 years old, you would be treated differently. But you're only yeah. 15 years old there. You know, you you can count on one hand and chop three fingers off on how many guys or girls are that age that are producing at that level. You know, Nick Wayne didn't really start getting okay till he was like 16 years old. Yeah. You know, and even though he wrestled, he really didn't get the exposure, you know, kind of people knew who he was. Like we used him at the anniversary show Definitely. and that was because, uh, you know, Oasis was living in Washington. He's like, hey, I got Nick Wayne, blah, blah, blah. We put him in a pre-show. We're like, like, I didn't know. I, I had no idea who he was, you know. I saw him, tall, lanky kid. He had braces. You know, I'm figuring he's like 18 or 19 years old because Nick Wayne wasn't known for GCW and all this other stuff at that point. Right. And then it was like, oh, yeah, you know. And at that time, I think he might have been only 15 or just turned 16 years old. And it was like, holy shit. And, you know, we saw, it was like, wow, this kid's good. And, and Bodie's on that same trajectory. You know, the funny thing is, I don't think there's any footage of it, but we did an EC3 seminar that day. And they paired up and there was different matches. And everybody put over Nick Wayne and, and, and Bodie. Uh, right. they, they did the match, you know, for EC3. And, yeah. you know... And, and that was when Bodie's 14 years old, you know, right. or, or yeah. maybe 13. I, you know, it was the two night anniversary show. So I did believe it had to be June of 2021. So yeah. Bodie just turned 15 within the last six months. So, yeah. So he had to be 14 years old. Wow. And I'm pretty sure he was in the pre-show match too, you know? So, trying to explain to Bodie, yeah, I get it. You're the young prodigy. So other companies, especially other companies in town, 
you know, they want to utilize the guy. But it's like, don't just take whatever. And it isn't me being selfish saying, hey, you know, we trained you at FSW. And we've had this discussion before. No, I don't love our guys wrestling every other show in town. I feel it makes them less valuable. But for a guy like Bodie, who's a special commodity, like I said, putting him in with Sin, putting him in with Remy, putting him in six-man tags with Sky High, the idea is, is he is this special attraction. But you can't be a special attraction if you're over there and you're just another guy putting over their their champions and putting over their main guys. Right. You know, pick and choose what you're doing. You know, because it isn't a matter of money. Nobody's paying Bodie hundreds and hundreds of dollars. You know, but the fact is, it's a 15-year-old now getting paid to wrestle. So, right. ego-wise, even when you're 15, it's like, hey, obviously, it's going to make you feel good. You know, it, it's kind of like with Ring Warriors. Hey, we want to bring you in as a consultant, you know, and we're going to pay you this on top of the ring rental. Makes you feel good. Like, hey, maybe, the, you know, but again, there's always ulterior motives. Right. You know, in that case, the ulterior motive is, you know, hey, we're going to use your guys and they're going to go one in nine on the show. And the only guy who's going to win at the time was going to be Hammerstone and he beats Damian Drake. So he beat our own guy. It was like, wait a second. You know, we got Chris Bay. We got Hammerstone. We had Shay and Tito. We had the one percent. And they're all jobbing out to these guys who've been in the business for 20 years who haven't really done a lot. Right. And then it kind of changed after the fact with other people and they they realized what they had. But having me there, you know, helped also me bring in our guys because I recommended a lot of talent to get on that show. And, you know, they got paid, you know, better money to come in. And even guys we weren't using like Tito and Che, like, hey, here's a really good tag team on the West Coast. They're not going to be crazy amount of money. And they brought them in. And the 1% were our tag champs. And it's like, you know, they're losing to everybody from Florida who's being shipped in from when that company used to run. So right. you you have to be aware, you know. And at the time, I'm 53 years old. So uh, imagine telling a 15-year-old how special you are and we would love to have you and this, that, and the other thing. And we're to give you this high-profile match. Yeah. You know, it's great, but when you go there and wrestle eight times and lose seven, you know, yeah. it, it makes other people who are watching it think, oh, okay, yeah, you know, I guess he's all right, you know, because you're going to go in there to lose. And right. wins and losses don't necessarily matter, but in those situations, it's usually a one-off match that you're never doing again. There's no storylines built behind it. You right. know, the Bodie-Braxton faction sky-high thing has been – on and off for the last six months. So we use this as the culmination. And this was always the plan. We were going to do the lumberjack match uh, at the last high octane, but the faction got called uh, to work Booker T's show. So again, I'm a guy who's, Hey, you know, when you have a really good opportunity, now that's a really good opportunity. They're bringing you down to Texas and wrestle for WWE guy who's currently still works for the company. So if you impress him, there's always that chance you might get that look-see. And every angle you can get at getting looked at, you have to take advantage of. So I'm 100% behind those guys going there. And it's like, well, we have a Halloween show. We do a lumberjack match. And then, you know, it gave me more time to, hey, let's 
let's have this idea of because again who likes the faction nobody but the people in the faction so if it's a lumberjack match who's going to be on the other side well everybody loves Bodie and everybody hates the faction so pretty much the entire locker room was lumberjacks for Bodie and then that played into the finish of the match and it worked perfectly yeah, and at 15, he gets a Bret Hart WrestleMania 10. Uh... Yes. You know, <laughs> dude, relax. He beat Braxton. It wasn't like he beat somebody good on the roster. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, Braxton, you still got that case, man. Cash you know, case. It's like, it's, it's like when uh, Bret Hart beat Hakushi. You know, <laughs> you're not going to give him that standing ovation put on your shoulders. You know, it's. I could see it when like Barry Horowitz beat Hakushi, you know, <laughs> for jobbers all over the world. You know, that was a huge moment. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, with the faction, uh, any announcement with them for uh, the upcoming Against All Odds? Yeah, they're going to all be in the Rumble. There we go. There so we the go. entire faction will be fighting 26 guys. <laughs> um, and uh, any indication from Braxton on uh, using that case? Uh, if he or... did, he wouldn't be telling me. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I, th I think uh, he likes holding on to that case because if, He's one of the few who cashes in and fails. Well, then, th then where does where is he on the pecking order? Sure. Like he has made himself, you know, top of the pecking order, and he has a year to do it. So yeah. he can he can be a main player for a year yeah. and never do and never win a match, and he's still a top player. So, so basically, like Ice's uh, no limits run. No, Ice, Ice defended his title a lot. It was it was after he lost the no limits title that he kind of went into hiding for a while. Uh, I was just thinking that 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 pandemic just put on so much time for Ice's championship reign. Well, yeah, yeah. In in that situation, you know, I, I guess if he had a wrestle, he would have had to wear a mask or something. I remember. You know, him bringing up something about uh, a family member, and that's kind of why he wasn't around. You know, he was only allowed to be around when Chris Bay was there before doors were opened. <laughs> um, you know, you had a really good uh, championship match with the No Limits championship match with Matt Vandergriff defeating, uh, defending his title and defeating Jordan Oasis. Uh you know, Jordan Oasis has come a long way, man. Um, is, is there anything that stands out to you from when he first got, you know, in front of your eyes to where he's gone now in terms of his growth that you, you know, stands out to you as something that was, you know, either special or, or something that shows you that he's trying to do things to get to that next level? Well, the thing is with Jordan Oasis, he had success in Washington where he was, but there wasn't a lot going on at the time. Obviously, it's really picked up over the last couple of years. But, you know, he came to us. He was training with Rikishi, you know, kind of bouncing back and forth. 
And the one thing about Jordan Oasis is that he lacked, you know, a concept of who and what he was. And, you know, he came to me with this idea. And again, we actually, you know, kind of sat down and, and, you know, I was trying to pick his brain to find out like, you know, what's your deal? You know, you come out you're, you, you with, with the backpack, but I don't think the fans understand who you are. He's a guy who he wrestled Damian Drake, their friends, you know, after the match, he, he basically blows off Damian Drake. Right. So, you know, okay, that inklings toward, you know, the frustration, whatever, but we don't hear from him. You know, we, we don't hear him complaining about this, that, the other thing. He just disappears and yeah. we don't see him for a few months. So now he comes back and he gets put in a couple scramble matches or whatever it was. But the perception of the fans is the Jordan Oasis they saw from a few months back. And other than kind of blowing off Damian Drake, he didn't do anything dastardly to be like, oh, fuck this motherfucker. I don't like him anymore. He was still a pretty well-liked guy. And, you know, then we ended up doing uh, a match based off the scramble where he worked Cameron Gates, who came across as a babyface, but he was a guy that nobody really knew. He only wrestled for us one other time. Right. And they had a match. And what happens? Well, people always are going to respond to the person they know more. So they know Jordan Oasis. So he kind of gets cheered again, even though he's working a different style, which is far more heelish than he did. So then we didn't have any openings. And during Cody's wedding, the uh, AJ Kazana guy was in town. He works NWA. How do I not use this guy who's willing to work right. at pretty much, you know, a bargain basement rate to I just want to work the show. Okay, well, Oasis hits me up. There was nothing on the main show. Hey, we're going to do a pre-show. And then you look at AJ Kazana, and it's like, poof, this guy's a total fucking heel. Like, there's nothing pleasant about him. He's like kind right. of a dick. You know what I mean? So it's like, so now these two guys are wrestling each other. And in reality, AJ Kazana is out assholing Jordan Oasis. So, of course, they're going to cheer for Jordan Oasis. So that makes it a difficult thing when you're trying to establish him. So we were right. putting together the, the Halloween show and I needed somebody for Matt and I wanted him to wrestle somebody good. And it was like, okay, well, Oasis is a guy who's a good wrestler, tall, lanky, could do some really athletic stuff. Matt's a little taller too. So, you know, and they, they, they trained a lot together. Yeah. So I think it would be some good chemistry. And it definitely was. And then after they had the match, you know, somehow Matt's gotten, you know, both Danny and Ricky of the Suavecitos to shake his hand after the match. Uh, but Jordan Oasis uh, felt differently about it. So right. it's it should be obvious to the fans that Jordan Oasis has changed. And he right now is all about himself. And, you know, hopefully he'll have a promo and he'll cut one or whether it's on Facebook or at the live and, you know, explain where he is at this time in his career. Because, again, you know, you could see guys come and go and the Jay Vidal's and the Matt Vandergriff's and then guys who've been around. 
you know, Jordan Oasis has been around. He hasn't been around FSW as long as a lot of other people, but he's been around the business. And, right. you know, he's come here. And, and and I've had conversations with him. So I know there's frustration. I know there's he feels maybe he should be at a higher level than I feel he is at. Sure. So, again, it, it becomes trying to prove your worth and feeling that you're deserving of being in those big matches at the Mecca, for example, where he originally wasn't scheduled to be on the show. But because of issues beyond our control, he kind of got added to the match. You know, when we took Jacob Austin Young out of the scramble, I needed another guy. Jordan Oasis was not listed at all. And 100% he wasn't going to be on the show. But we needed a guy. And, you know, sometimes, you know, how it is. You know, that you, you, you look at Broadway plays. You look at guys in, in sports on the practice squad. You know, they're good, but they're not good enough for what you need right then and there. And it also depends on what your needs are, especially in wrestling. You know, hey, this is the type of guy, you know, I, I want to use. Right. And, you know, Clutch got a pre-show match. He could have easily been bumped to the scramble, but that wasn't the style I was looking for in that scramble match. It was a no-limit right. style. And that made Oasis jump from not being on the card to the main roster. But I could have put a Bodie in the match. He would have fit, but then it would have screwed up the whole eight-man tag. Right. You know, I could have put Sin Bodhi in with by moving Cody out, I could have slid Sin Bodhi in. But now right. I would have had an off on there. So it's like it's these puzzle pieces that there's seven other guys that could have been used, but again, I didn't want to change one match and then have to change five matches to do that one match. Right. Because that would have been the situation. You know, we had Bateman, we had Bone, they're good together. Well, Sin Bodie fit in there, but it wasn't an eight-man tag. So we put him, we needed a fourth guy. He fit with Sky High. He he originally trained them, and Bodie and him have worked together. And right. the faction of four guys wanted to have them on the show. So that was what needed to be done. So other moving pieces were put in different spots. So in reality, all we did was uh, Gregory Sharp needed an opponent. So we put Jacob Austin Young in there. And then we needed a fourth guy to go back into there, but I wanted to do a five-man scramble. So now Cody got put into the scramble instead of the six-man, and we added Oasis. And everything seemed to work fine. And, you know, when when you have so much talent to choose from, it becomes yeah. easy. Yeah. Um, and – you mentioned Cutthroat Cody. Uh, him and Chase Bell lost to Damian Drake. Uh, what do you think about uh, Chase since he's come back from his injury? Uh, is he starting to show signs of uh, getting back into the the form he was in before he uh, got hurt? I'll tell you what. I noticed when he came out, he looked to be more confident you know, with his look and and his style. Because in all honesty, him and Clutch was the debacle 
uh, you know, he, whatever it was, you know, he was throwing up, he had his family there and it was not a good showing for Chase Bell. You know, this was an opportunity for him to have a big singles match against Clutch, who's, you know, been a mainstay for many years. And for whatever reason, uh, things didn't work out the way he wanted. And, you know, he claimed to have gotten mildly concussed during the match somehow. So I kind of left him off. And then I left him off again where he was disappointed. Like, oh, you know, I'm ready to go. And I'm like, well, there really wasn't anything for you. And I figured another week or so off wouldn't hurt you. So I'd rather be safe than sorry. You know, you're coming off a pretty miserable performance. I'm not that eager to get you right back into the mix. You know, again, it's really difficult when you have so much so many guys that you're trying to fit in the spots. And sometimes, you know, a guy that is on a high trajectory gets hurt. Things, it takes a while to get back into the mix. Just because you feel you're ready doesn't mean you are. You're a wrestler. That's what you want to do. So when you're not put on a card, of course, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. But, you know, I try to make everybody aware. This is how it is, guys. There's so many people on the show that you're not going to be on every show, just like a Hammerstone's not on every show. And Chris Bay's not going to be on every show. You know, the higher end guys, you know, they have other commitments. They work elsewhere for more money than than they work for us for. So I want to make sure they don't feel like, fuck, I got to work for Joe again. Another show I just gave up, you know, twice as much money. Right. It's a little easier when Joe's asking you to commit to one of the shows instead of three of the shows. So right. a guy like Hammerstone could go out there and get his name. out. You know, I saw the thing. I don't even know where he worked, but I saw he got to work Josh Alexander, which yeah. I thought was really weird to see the impact guy against the MLW guy. I'm assuming it was some kind of schmoz. So, you know, I don't know what happened, but I just saw that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, want to get more uh, information on that one because I just saw that as well. And uh, I didn't have any like inclination that he would be doing anything with Josh Alexander. And that piqued my interest because I'd I'd love to see those two uh, go at it a little bit. Um, Damian Drake, are you finally starting to uh, warm up to his persona now? I've seen that persona 40 years ago. I lived it, brother. <laughs> Except that was the DJ playing the music, not dancing to it. That's for sure. <laughs> I was bringing joy to others in the 80s. Uh, so so do you think 40 years later that uh, Damian Drake is now uh, capturing the spirit of the joy of the 80s and uh, bringing it back to life for uh, youngins to... Uh... I I think to the 50-somethings in the world, he's not. But he's not playing to the 50-somethings. And, again, when you're a persona that people like to begin with, you really have to be – look at the unguided. They kind of got booed a little bit, but because it was guys they ended up liking, they they almost turned without really having any excuse to turn. They just became guys that people liked. So Damian Drake's always been very popular. And now he's got, you know, he's dancing with the ring announcer. Uh, I think it was the ode to the old Jeff Hardy dancing with AJ 
who was Jeff Hardy this year. So, you know, they got to do the Jeff Hardy dance together. So, you know, the, the fans seem to enjoy it. And, and, you know, that's the bottom line. There's there's plenty of characters and gimmicks and things like that that I personally don't see why it's that successful. But you can't deny deny it. And, yeah. you know, I don't pigeonhole myself. You know, that's why I could be 57 years old and, and feel that I, I grasp what people want to see in sure. FSW. And the reason why we're still as successful and probably more so 13 years after we started, because I could think for what I believe the modern day fan seems to enjoy and bringing in people because again, you know, when you're 25, you think, man, when you're 57, what the fuck, you know, <laughs> you're, you're an old man, you know, but it's like, why wouldn't I still like Metallica? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's like you learn as you grow older that you feel exactly the same way. You're just older. Yeah. It, it, it's the, it's the weirdest thing in the world. Like yeah. how, you know, I look at that and it's like, okay, I've been doing this 13 years. It's like, fuck in another 13 years, I'll be 70 fucking years old. Like, will I even be alive by then? Like, that's what you're worrying more about. So right. it's like, you know, Unless the day hits where I'm totally disgusted, because as we say, the, the 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 bad outweighs the good, and as frustrated and irritated and wanting to kill people, you know, you, you still live for. Hey, you know what? You just did the Mecca show, and you 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 see the camaraderie of the fans who come to our shows that. You know, Jace Battle got married to somebody who came to the show. Like, if FSW didn't exist, where would these people be in life? Yeah. Like, some people are, you know, that that's their soulmate. That's their best friend in the whole world. And they all met at my show. And, you know, a after all that's said and done, you think, wow, you know, there's like a legacy of that to yeah. me that means so much more. Plus the camaraderie of all the wrestlers who've become friends and guys that, wow, now people can say, holy shit, man, carrying cross. He helped me with this and solo Sokoa. He's my boy. And you know, Sefa, you know, he sends the, he sends a great video yeah. and you know, he said some, huge things to put me over that didn't need to be said. And, you know, because a lot of people always felt, Hey, it's Rikishi's kid. You know, he must be a Rikishi guy and he'll be the first to tell you, yeah, he trained a little bit there, but he became what he is today through FSW. And he isn't like, Oh, you know, my dad did this and my dad did that. And he's telling people Joe DeFalco did this and that. And most of those people are like, who the fuck is Joe DeFalco? You know, but maybe people will say, hey, Joe DeFalco, who's this guy? Oh, Future Stars Wrestling. Yeah, I kind of heard of them. Hey, let me check this out. Maybe three people buy the network. Maybe two people fucking, you know, buy a pay-per-view, whatever it is. And, you know, the respect of the peers and the people 
that I've helped bring to places, whether it's the 1% where they're at now, you know, guys that were never together, put yeah. them together. And I'll take all the credit in the world. I'm, I deserve that credit. But the fact of the matter is I could take all the credit in the world. If they hated the idea of being a tag team and being there, they would have been like, fuck you. Yeah, we're going to be a tag team and never work together. They'd be the shits and they'd be going doing their own thing again. But instead, they embraced it because that was the main company they were with that they wanted to be stars in. And they they saw that as the opportunity that as singles guys, they wouldn't be champions anytime soon. But there was an open door. And if they got good enough, they would be. And they got so good that they became the mainstay tag team on the West Coast for a couple of years. And now they're in New Japan. And now they're working a bunch of shows and Royce Isaacs gets to go to Japan. And Jarrell yeah. Nelson and him are part of Team Filthy with Tom Lawler and, and Danny Limelight. So it's like these guys, would they have hit that pinnacle? Maybe. Maybe it would have been another two years. Maybe it would have been another five years. But maybe putting the 1% together and them taking that idea and saying, you know what? We're going to drive the shows together. Hey, I kind of like you. Yeah, you're pretty cool. Yeah. Let's go work out together. And now they become best friends that – in reality, if one of them was never booked at FSW, would they have ever met in that capacity? Right. And would they be where they are today? Yeah. So in reality, I should be like the best man at like most of these people's weddings <laughs> moving forward, you know? Well, you know, it, and it, what's very interesting is kind of what you said about the fact that you can put things into place and set people up for the right opportunities. And then the other thing that needs to be done though, is that the guys have to put the work in, you know, yeah, we, you know, we've put tag teams together that I thought, Oh, this is a great idea. And they fucking hated it. So even yeah. though they trained at FSW, they never trained to be a tag team. They never had tag team moves. They never worked together, but then you got teams like, again, they drove from Arizona together. You would have thought, that Hammerstone and Graves, you know, would have done things together. They never did till FSW. Yeah. You know, we coined the name Gods of War. Here's a guy coming out with a Thor hammer. Hey, Graves, get a fucking shield. Hey, there, there you go. We got 300 meets fucking Thor. We got the Gods of War. And, you know, that was over. Yeah. You know, uh, Tito, Tito was chip teaming with Rico Dynamite all the time. But he really? came down with Che Cabrera. Yeah, they were the original tag team. But... Mm-hmm. When I, I always use Tito as a singles and never really, and, and I might have used Rico once or twice. But when Che came in, Che was a singles guy, and I felt they'd be a good tag team. And I'm not sure if I'm the first one to put them together, but I may have been because, you know, that was when they were the Pistoleros. Right. And, you know, later morphed into the Wolf Zaddies. Right. Because I saw the potential, you know, in that team. Yeah. So if you're a singles act and and hero and Shogun, you know, they did a Halloween battle royal and they played the APA. And I'm like, man, these guys, you know, they were friends to begin with. And I'm like, I saw the chemistry then. It took a long time to get them together just because, you know, different trajectories. Hero was hurt, whatever it was. You know, he's the up-and-comer. Shogun kind of surpassed him because they started at similar times, but 
Hero was out for over a year when he tore his ACL early on. Right. So putting them together, I felt that they would be, you know, something special. And, you know, now they've gotten great opportunities and they're in high profile matches. Yeah. Um, so speaking of high profile matches and opportunities against all odds is the next big show coming up here on the 20th of November, uh, at, uh, the silver nuggets. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not even three weeks away anymore. Yeah, exactly. A blink of the eye for you. Um, so, so far, what uh, matches do you have announced? And if you don't have particular matches, uh, who is going to be signed for the card right now? Well, we, we just reinstated Nick Xander for uh, against all odds. So he, he has been announced. He will be there. Um, we are in, no, in negotiations, hopefully, uh, by the time this airs. Uh, we'll have everything figured out, but we have some big matches announced. Obviously we have the 30 man or 30 person, uh, rumble where the winner will wrestle Hammerstone in the main event. Hence the against all odds. You have to go through an entire roster to get an opportunity. And then after going through that entire roster, you have to take on, you know, the greatest heavyweight champion in FSW history. Right. And, and try to upset him. Uh, Chris Bay uh, had that opportunity the first time and he wasn't able to beat Hammerstone, but he won it the second year in a row and was able to upend Hammerstone. So, you know, we've had big matches that come out, came out of there. Uh, I believe Matt Hardy wrestled Lance Hoyt that Lance Hoyt actually won the rumble. And the last three in the match, the other two were Brian Cage and Tyshawn Prince, which we put them in a match. So, you know, we're probably looking to do something similar because right now the Against All Odds Rumble is packed. You know, yeah. I can I can name off 10 guys that a lot of people can say, well, yeah, I can see Toa Leona coming back and winning the Rumble. I could see... Right. Chris Masters. I could see Carlito. I could see Hero or Shogun. You know, there's an announcement there. The tag titles won't be defended. They will both be in the Rumble. There you go. So, you know, we also have talked about a return uh, from one of the biggest men in FSW history, uh, former tag team champion. Who's relevant? He's wrestled for us recently, but we're just you know solidifying. And I'll say you know Juicy for now. He has tentatively been scheduled. We just got to confirm everything. You know now he signed with MLW. You know he's a guy that many people you know can feel confident on picking to be the winner of the Rumble. And then there's you know a half a dozen other names. Uh, Davy Richards is scheduled. Whether he'll be in the Rumble or in a match. Unsure, Matt Vandergriff, or, or in the city, Joe. In the city, <laughs> yes. Uh, Matt Vandergriff is scheduled, whether it's in a match or in the Rumble. You know, I'm pretty sure Matt has eyes on also becoming the heavyweight champion. Sure, uh, Damian Drake, Remy Marcel, Cutthroat Cody. You know, the mainstays of FSW. They will be in the Rumble. 
So uh, Viva Van will be defending the women's title. And we're just locking it up. And in that situation, uh, we feel that this is the match that many people felt uh, should be a decisive match in both women's careers uh, for Viva Van. But once we, we, you know, we have to get the, uh, the pen to paper uh, before we make that announcement. So, you know, there, there's so much going on and there's so many names that off the top of my head, you know, I don't have the paper in front of me, you know, getting old, you know, sometimes <laughs> that Alzheimer's sets in. So, you know, I'm trying to think of who we announced, who we're about to announce, you know, who we want to keep as surprises, right. things like that, you know, but Sam Adonis will be in the rumble. That's, so there's that's another right. guy that, you know, can be looked upon big victory over Remy Marcel, right. you know, Brett, the threat will be in the rumble. There. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, you know, it's a 30 man rumble. So there's going to be close to, it, it's a little easier to fit those 50 guys up from the roster uh, onto the show. Well, for you, um, when you look at that, when you look at that talent pool, how exciting is it for you that you're able to have a match in which the fans are going to actually, you know, get something of a, a surprise because there's, there's nothing in this battle Royal that's a giveaway at all. And there are so many people that potentially make a really good matchup for Hammerstone. Um, is that something that y you just are kind of blessed with right now is that you have such a good mix of the, the regular roster and guys like masters and Carlito um, that you can, you know, utilize in this way that, any one of those people can win and the, the fans are going to basically be guessing throughout the whole match. Who's going to win. Well, yeah, there, there, there's no doubt about it. You know, a match that we wanted to see, but because of his early commitments to AEW, Toa Leona was going to wrestle Hammerstone. Yeah. And that was a big deal six months ago, yeah. eight months ago when we were having that match. And now, if we have that match, oh, it, it, it's a much bigger match. You know, Toa is now seen on a, on a national basis. And, you know, that was a match that we were really looking forward to then. So, you know, haven't seen that match before. You know, that yeah. would be a first-time matchup. Uh, Sam Adonis with MK. You know, MK's always had it out for Hammerstone. You know, yeah. Sam Adonis and Hammerstone have never had a match. That that'd be a great match to see. Uh, yeah. Carlito and and yeah. and Hammerstone. You know, Chris Masters wrestled Hammerstone in the first round of the uh, defunct Mecca Grand Championship tournament. Right. And Chris Masters is at the top of his game. You know, look at him. Looks like yeah. a billion dollars. Yeah. And Hero. Thanks to Hammerstone and Graves, never got their match when Shogun won the Rumble. Right. And never yeah. got that heavyweight title rematch. So, you know, for some people, they look at, well, you know, he was a guy that was in line for a heavyweight championship match. 
and now he's a tag team champion. Well, that that's a step down, right? In in some people's eyes, right? And as excited and happy he is to be with his boy Hero Lou, I'm pretty sure Shogun, you know, feels like he never got what he earned, right? And again, between the pandemic and then the teaming with Kenny and then into the thing with Hero, uh, Shogun has been very limited when it's come to the singles matches right. over the last couple of years. But here's a guy, you know, six foot five that, you know, if you put together a top 10, he's he's got to be in it. Right. And, and then yeah. you got the scrappers and guys like, you know, Remy Marcel, you know, chomping at the bit. He held the title you know, for 10 days, 12 days, cutthroat Cody been around forever. He's hold, held all the titles, but never been the heavyweight champion. Right. Damian Drake, when, you know, when does he step up? Does, right. does he, you know, get in that situation? You know, thank goodness for my budget. New Japan's running that day because <laughs> we have 22 spots in my mind locked in. And that's not counting a couple people that, have said they were going to be there, but we got to, you know, double check, you know, and once we do that. But in reality, if New Japan was available, I'm almost certain that Danny Limelight would have been for a fact been in the Rumble. Right. Bateman would have been in the Rumble. Tom Lawler probably would have been in the Rumble. You know, Jarrell yeah. and Royce probably would have been in the Rumble. You know, TJP. He was supposed to be at the Mecca, but they kept him in New Japan. Is he coming home? I've heard rumors he is. If he is, does he get added to the Rumble? Right. Yeah. There, there's so much talent because again, he could be back, but he could be working New Japan strong, which I just thought of my in my head this second because somebody yesterday was like, "Oh yeah, they." Uh, I guess his his girl posted right. about he was going to be back home in a week, and I was like, "Huh." And just as we're talking right now, made me realize, wait a second, he's worked in New Japan and Japan, I'm pretty certain, because he has been working the U.S. shows, that he's probably working that show, too. Yeah. <laughs> and Tito Escondido would have right. been on that show, uh, would have been in the Rumble. And Gregory Sharp would have been at the show. And Jacob Austin Young would have been at the show. And we've talked yeah. with Jake Cabrera, and that would have been his return to the show. So we might have had to do a fucking 40-man Rumble you know, <laughs> with all the guys we got. Um, and, you know, one person that I, I think the that got, you know, kind of looked over here and that potential of uh, maybe going after that heavyweight belt again is uh, Graves. There you go. Yeah. Uh... I guess I can confirm that now. We have reached agreement, and Graves will be returning at against all odds. So there we go. Uh, That's why I said, you know, all the there's so many guys yeah. that it's easy to forget. You know, the young prodigy, obviously, Bodies are in his spot. Four members of the faction, uh, Jimmy Jack, the crowd favorite, he'll be in the <laughs> Rumble. So. Joe, you know, the question becomes: These spots are just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. You know, I'm actually putting together a four-way tag as the pre-show match, just because oh. those eight guys would now have had me filled at the number 
Right. So now some of those eight guys wouldn't be in there. So we're talking the MK Army. We're talking the Suavecitos. We're talking Sky High. And we're talking about a team that was really impressive a couple months ago that wrestled for us. The Regulators, EJ Sparks and Thugnificent. So yeah. those guys, uh, unless things change, card subject to change, but that is going to be a very exciting pre-show match. Yeah, that sounds like a, a wonderful. You know, uh, and, and maybe there's a stipulation, hey, the winning team gets two spots in the Rumble. Sure. You know, if there's spots available. <laughs> there's spots available, exactly. You know, uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked to go to 35. I'm trying to get, yeah. keep it at 30. But again, some some people, and that's based off the students that we use on Future Shock, have probably lost spots because sure. of what they haven't done as part of being a student and not being around when impact's there and not helping set up and break down. You know, right. sorry, that's the way it is. And it's like, you know, if you got your birthday celebration and you got to work that day at Red Lobster, you know what? If you want to be a wrestler, sometimes you have to make commitments to things that you probably didn't want to have to do. Right. No matter what it is, I'd rather sit home and watch football on Sunday than set up a fucking ring at Silver Nugget. But if you're a student whose goal it is to be a professional wrestler and we have 14 students and there's six spots and a guy like Jimmy Jack's always around, it's a lot easier to give him a spot. And then he gets over. How do you not yeah. keep giving him that spot? Right. So now how do you who's gotten some spots get yourself more spots? Well, by not showing up is definitely not the way to do it <laughs> because, yeah, if there's six spots and there's six of you, unfortunately, I have to give it to you because you're the best of the the you're the best of the bunch of useless motherfuckers. Yeah, the best of what's so, available. Yeah. So one or two will squeak in based on past performance of helping out. Hey, but right. I you know I I helped at that other show. Which one? The one in March? We're in fucking November. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, I'm tired of the excuses. Yeah. So it's like, so now an opportunity, if you look at the original list, there's going to be at least two or three people that were going to be in the rumble. Sorry. Yeah. Don't got that spot for you no more. I had to give it to somebody who actually put in the work. Yeah. No, that uh, it makes total sense. And I, I hope that anyone listening who, uh, you know, no matter if you're an FSW wrestler, uh, you know, student training, or if you are somewhere else in the country and this is what you want to do and you're training and you're putting your time and your effort and you want to become a professional wrestler, um, those are important things. And, uh, you know, that was one thing Sefa even said after he was done putting it over. He had a little uh, words of wisdom to the to the young kids in the back. And it was stay humble, work hard, be a fucking value. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of them right over the head. You know, they think they have some ability. 
And in most cases, they do have some ability. And yeah. sometimes you might be better than the guy who got on the show, but he checks all the boxes while you check some of the boxes. Right. Yeah. And when now you have to make choices, you have to look at the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and it, and it's in the same role. It's like, hey, I need a guy to really take a good thumping and jobber to the stars, you know, get your ass beat in 45 seconds. Well, you're not a guy I perceive as that. So even though you might be better than the next guy, I'm actually protecting you. Right. But in, in, in turn, you're looking at it as, oh, fucking Joe don't like me. He put that dude on the show over me. But he won't look at the big picture. He right. won't look at it realistically. He'll only look at it selfishly and what it meant for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating thing that, you know, um, I think a lot of the it's the growing pains of doing something which, you know, is putting in your dues, essentially. And no matter what your field that you want to get into, uh, you have to embrace, you have to learn, you have to listen, you have to show up and do all those things because when the opportunity is there um, and you kind of said it earlier now, because of the fact that the roster is so good and so deep, if you get that opportunity to show that you can do something, you don't want to have a bad performance because you don't want to put yourself out. So, you know, focus on all those things and make it a positive experience and, try to step forward um, and take those opportunities when they're given to you. And, uh, you know, it's something that no matter where you are in, in this business, trying to make it, you can, but you have to realize that there's, you know, steps you have to take to get there. Um, yeah. And, and, and here's a good word of wisdom. When we're doing uh, breakdown Thursday and impact set up Friday and Saturday and being a part of the crew to help them out and then not and then set up Sunday at Silver Nugget and then break down Sunday night uh, to make absolutely none of them and then admit to being the ring crew for a different local show in town and not the place that uh, trains you and lets you train when dues are late and put you on shows uh when 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 i say yeah you need to get out there and get experience it isn't doing it in spite of us it's doing it at all the other times the other 24 days a month and in most cases 27 or 28 days a month that we don't ask anything of you right to yeah. get your foot in the door with a company while you're trying to keep the foot in the door in the in, in your company, you, yeah. you're not showing face by showing up and leaving before breakdown because you had something else to do. Yeah. So, you know. and, yeah. And you would think it was common sense and you think people would be like, yeah, yeah, Joe, I, I totally understand. That would never happen. But it happens. Yeah. 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 Um some words of wisdom to, to listen to and to uh, live by. So uh, as we wrap up here, Joe, any uh, final thoughts for this uh, week? 
Yeah, you know, uh, you're going to see a lot of guys in town this weekend. So we're, we're, we're going to have a little rest or myself, a little rest and relaxation. And we're gearing up, man. Check out the names that are coming up against all odds is, is going to be a huge show. Uh, different than the uh, gimmick battle Royal, but the 30 man rumble is always an exciting uh, match for the fans. It, you know, it, it, it's always a time to bring back, you know, a name from the past. You know, I remember we did the, uh, Hall of Fame ceremony and Tyshawn Prince, you know, for the first time in probably seven years, you know, came out and became part of the Rumble, you know. So you never know, you know, who you're going to see, a name from the past, a former Hall of Famer, you know, a former WWE Hall of Famer. You never know, you know, make the call for the Godfather, see what he's doing that day. <laughs> and, you know, we, we – we, we got a lot of Vegas talent on hand. Greg the Hammer Valentine, come on down. So, yeah, it's going to be a huge show. Uh, and it's something that everybody always looks forward to. November yeah. 20th, 5 p.m., Silver Nugget. Or, sorry, the Hefe Bet Event Center. I'm going to see. Uh, you might be able to bet on who's going to win the Rumble. I'm going to see if they're going to put the odds up for us. <laughs> Yeah, if you could, if you could get odds going, that that would be uh, fabulous uh, to see there. Um, <laughs> uh, and remember too, if uh, you're not in Vegas, uh, Fight TV, you can definitely get against all odds. Uh, you can also uh, order the uh, replay of the Mecca Eight uh, pay per view that happened uh, last weekend. So um, yeah, we got and we got big news since we're part of we're part of Fight Plus. Where if you pay uh, five bucks a month, four ninety nine a month, you get access to the pay per views of a lot of the major companies. And yesterday, uh, GCW, as well as uh, Sammy Callahan's Revolver and Black Label Pro. So please sign up if you haven't yet, because that's more money coming my way with more subscribers, baby. Who knows? Now I might be able to afford a Bobby Fish. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, so, you know, that's, that's the whole thing. It's, uh, if, if you put in that 499 and maybe we can get enough people across the country to put in that 499, that Bobby fish can come in and, uh, what it'd be like Bobby fish, uh, versus, uh, who, who would, who would you choose? Who would be the, the one FSW person you could see going head to head with Bobby fish? Well, you know, you, any of the champions in reality, you know, him and Matt Vandegrift, him and Gregory Sharp, uh, you know, him and Hammerstone, you know, they, they would all be good opportunities. Hey, if you spend enough money, maybe we could bring in Kyle O'Reilly and Red Dragon uh, could wrestle, you know, either TBD or the uh, one night reunion of the unguided. Who knows? There we go. Maybe I bring in Eddie Edwards and you have the Wolves against Red Dragon. So, you know, there's so many, many options on yeah, the table. We, we got to get the Wolves in here at some point, man. We, you got to get Eddie going. Well, you know, he's a little more, uh, I guess you can say, pricey. Seasoned. <laughs> yeah, you know, like if he was, you know, the difference is, you know, Eddie will work for more, but 
he'll probably almost definitely be at the show. Yeah. Yeah. But I have a good feeling, you know, Davey's excited about it. And, and, you know, he's, he's made the shows uh, in the most part and he's had reasons for why he couldn't, you know, the day before our show, he had a show 15 minutes away that he couldn't make. And, you know, it was cursed anyway. That's where Royce and Jarrell were. They worked at the same show and they couldn't get a flight home. So, you know, maybe it was yeah. just not meant to be. Maybe it was meant to be that uh, we had Rhino show up instead. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and it's fun to, you know, to joke about it. Um, but, you know, the only reason the jokes are made is because the Richards is such a good dude um, and is, is, you know, gives 110% when he's in town and, and is part of the FSW show. So um, with that in mind, too, remember FSW Network, $6.99 a month. Uh, go and uh, sign up and watch uh, the Halloween show. Uh, check it out and uh, see Spider's impersonation of Joe taking it full circle. So uh, There you go. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I have to talk with uh, Ben. You know, I know he's been really busy uh, with his gout. So, you know, need to talk with him. Maybe uh, we're going to offer a special. You know, you order against all odds on the pay-per-view. Uh, send us the receipt. And maybe we give you a free month of the FSW Network. I think that might be a nice little promotion to uh, pass on down to the fans. Well, there we go. I think uh, that's something that could be in works. So uh, definitely keep your eyes and ears peeled on social media uh, for and <laughs> uh, if we have uh, any further announcements on that, uh, that would be a great advantage to uh, check out the network for the first time if you haven't checked it out. So, all right, everyone, thank you for tuning in this week. And until next time, everyone, take care. <laughs>